Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time to come together and be in your word. Please close out the world and let us spend time in your house listening to you. May the Holy Spirit come and guide us today and bless us in every way. Amen. How is everybody doing today? Uh, secondly, the tithes and offerings are in the back. And I was told that my sermon's going to be judged if the plate's full, so please tithe. <laughs> Uh, and it is, it's is—it's been a fun week. I have been enjoying being here. Uh, last week we, we talked about we're all warriors, right? How many warriors do I have in here? What are the three things every warrior has? This is a quiz from last week to see if you're sleeping. Oh, you you got to excuse. What? Something to defend, a purpose, and a mission. Good. First of all, they were something to protect. Our loved ones, our family, our cities, the people we love. The second was we have to we have a battle to win. And that is what the Lord has given us. And also we have a kingdom to advance. And we all have been put on this earth to advance the kingdom of God. We all have been called to be warriors. And it, like I talked about... <laughs> It's time that we um, stand up and be the warriors God has called us to be. When Satan backs us in the corner, we have the power to tell him to leave. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. This week um, is the second part of the series, and it's called Killing Your Inner Coward. And we all have that. We all, we all feel... You know, we feel fearless sometimes and brave in the same sentence. You know, and that's what we go to. I know every Sunday I go through, is this sermon good enough? Is this, you know, am I really, you know, we all, we all battle that. You know, I think it's funny is right before I come up, I literally got butterflies in my stomach. And I've gotten to the point where if I don't feel that way before a sermon, I get nervous. Because I know that God's taking control and Satan is trying his best to make me doubt myself. You know, we have women warriors, like we talked about, Mama Bear. You guys are as powerful as any man in, can be as a warrior for Christ. You know, like I said, I'm Mama Bear, I've experienced it firsthand. When a mother is protecting her children, get out of the way. Even if you didn't do anything wrong, run. Best advice. Yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna to start with Gideon, who Gideon to me is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I feel a lot like Gideon sometimes. You know, the Israelites lived seven years paralyzed in fear from the Midianites. You know, they raided the villages, they burned homes, they destroyed crops, they murdered families. The, the Midianites left the Israelites in poverty, hiding in caves, and scared for their lives. You know, Gideon, who we talked about, his brother was murdered by the Midianites, and he was, but he was brave and righteous. The only family worshipped the true God. His family was worshipping the true God. They were weak and insecure. They were hiding in caves. And here is where we pick up in chapter 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down, under the oak tree in Oprah that belonged to Joshua of the Eberzites. When he, his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And that's Judges 6, 11 through 12. I'm sure Gideon was looking around because he surely thought God was talking to somebody else. I know I've been there in my life. He's hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. And to me, honestly, you can't thresh wheat in a wine press because what you do is you, I don't know if anybody's ever done it. I grew up out on a farm. When I moved to Pennsylvania, I worked on a dairy farm. You literally take a pitchfork and you throw it up, the thatch up, and the wheat falls down. So he's going to try throwing this over the top of the wine press, which back in those days were dug in the ground. It wasn't like what we see today with the... You know, where the people get in with the feet and do the fancy dance. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's hiding from them. 
in the wine press, and here God comes with them and says, you mighty warrior. And that brings me to something I want to say. Ladies and gentlemen, God will always see more in you than you see in yourself. He knows what you're capable of. He has equipped you. He has trained you. God knows what you are capable of. We are the ones that hold ourselves back. You know, fear tells us we can't do it. Fear tells us we can't be a witness for the gospel. We can't share Christ. You know, but faith tells us you can. Faith will move a mountain if you have enough of it. And like I said, Satan wants us to always, always doubt what we are capable of. You know, the moment God shows up, Gideon wants him in. He, the moment God shows up, he tells Gideon he has a warrior's heart. He sees what's in Gideon, what he is capable of. You know, Gideon is insecurity, he's inner fear, he's self-doubt. I mean, he's seen his brother killed. You know, he is a hesitant warrior. He, we have to kill your inner coward. Sorry, my computer's doing things. There's three uh, truths about the hesitant warrior. The first one is, every warrior must fight their inner fear and failure. Every warrior goes into battle confident and afraid, courageous and cowardly. Bravery is not not being afraid. Now, I have worked security. I have been in, I'm worn in uniform. You're afraid. The difference is you fight through that fear. You don't let that fear hold you back. It's what you're fighting for. The three things I talked about. Someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to win. We all have battles in our lives. Some of us battle with alcoholism. Some of us battle with health. Some of us battle with financial problems. We all have a battle that's in front of us besides advancing the kingdom. We all have the power to defeat whatever is in front of you. But we have to first defeat that inner coward. It says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have, and and rescue Israelites from midnights. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue the um, Israelites? My clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. You know, we are all called, like I said, to a battle, witness to a co-worker. But Lord, I don't know enough. You know, we're all called to, you know, lead the family spiritually, pray. But I'm not sure I'm going to do it right. This is what we, this is, the first is what God calls us to do. And the second is what our brain thinks. What if I don't know enough? God will give you the words you need. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is his. And when we doubt that and we give into our fear, we're doubting that God's powerful enough to change something. And he is more than powerful enough to change something. You know, I'm going to stop partying. Wow, I'm not going to be popular anymore. You know, they're never going to like me anymore. You know, when I became a Christian, I lost all my original friends. I really did. They had, they had nothing to do with me. I instantly got the plague. And, you know, they're like, that guy's crazy. Yeah, I am. I'm crazy for Jesus. Amen. You know what? That's and the friends I made, you guys, my family, Pastor Phil, Pastor Lenny. They have been more to me than anything. I gained way more than I ever lost. Amen. And that is what we God will never take something good away from us. You know, yeah, I used to party when I was younger. Oh, ask my mother if she was still here. I can't, I mean, there was a few mornings she dragged me out of my bed by my ear. I think one is still longer than the other. You know? And, but she always fought for me. She prayed continuously. I'll never forget, my mom and dad, my dad wasn't the best, but he taught me one thing. Right is right, wrong is wrong. I will give him that. He taught me that. And that has been me. And a bunch of my buddies were going out one night to do something really stupid. And I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm good. I'm going home. I went home. Well, they got, they got in trouble with the law. I didn't. I looked at my mom and I literally said, thank you. 
you know, because she instantly was up in my room and wanted to know where I was. <laughs> I'm like, I was right here, Mom. I said, I knew they were going to go do what they were going to do, and I'm like, I didn't want any part of it. And I said, thank you. I really did. When we are courageous with God and we fight the battles that are important, when we plant the seeds of right and wrong in our children, they take root. You may not think they're listening. Sometimes a little give smack on the back of the head, but they're listening. Like I talked about it the other, a couple of Sundays ago, we play zombies, me and the kids, all the time. It's our group thing. We all have PlayStations, and we have fun doing it. I heard my youngest, Michael, witnessing Jesus Christ on PlayStation to somebody he didn't even really know. He said, my dad's a pastor, and he knows Jesus, and I love Jesus. You need to know Jesus. And I'm like, wow, he must have been listening. (laughs) But what's so important is you have to have the trust in God. You know, tithing, that's important. That's how we keep the doors open. None of us pastors are rich. I love, somebody once told me in my family that we do this for the money. <laughs> All right. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> we do this for the value of the word of God and to save others. That's why I get up every day and do this. To love God, to praise God, and to share my faith with others. You can't go anywhere without, with me. I'll bring, talk about Jesus sometime in our conversation. You know, I started a new job, which has been a blessing. I went to work for a company, and I've been there a week. And somebody comes up to me and goes, you're a pastor. Can I talk to you about something? And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> and, but that's what's important. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to tell people who, what I am. And that's the way we all need to be. Now, I'm not saying be arrogant and say, oh, I'm a pastor. No, I'm a pastor. I pastor two churches, and I love doing it. Because they ask you what you do. <laughs> you know, they always say, what else do you do besides this? And people are hungry. They want, they have questions, especially the way the world is going today. People are living in fear. I mean, we have some crazy stuff going on. We launched a Minuteman 3 missile the other day to test it. They closed the highway down in Michigan. They're landing C-130s and A-10s. That's not normal. <laughs> People are afraid. And they're starting to wonder what's going on. I'm like, open your Bible. <laughs> you know, all the answers are in there. You know, if you're going to believe everything you read, read the Bible. Not the news, not the self-help books, because you're reading a self-help book by somebody who's just as messed up as you are writing a book. You know, they're good for one thing, holding up the leg of the coffee table that you broke off. (laughs) You know, the Bible is the answers. And the more you read it, the more you're like, wow. I mean, how many of you here have been in church one Sunday and the pastor's been up there and you're like, is he in my house? (laughs) Has he got my, me bugged, my phone? It's so important that we have the strength to fight through our inner fear. We all fight with the, with the fear of failure. You can't fail with God. Not possible. You may have a moment of doubt or a moment when you lose faith, but God loves you so much that it's like he knows you were going to do that. He, he's right there. You know, when I got mad when I moved back to Ohio, I stopped going to church for five years. I was kicked at God because I'm doing this. I'm doing everything you called me to do. I get laid off of my job in North Carolina. That was when Bush was in an office and the economy tanked. I was going to lose my house up here. I had a house down there, and I had to move back here. I was not happy. And like a big kid, I got mad at God because he didn't know what he was doing. Well, fast forward, here I am. It took what happened there to move me here, to move me forward in the kingdom. You know, we, like I said, we got to fight through that. The number one is every warrior must fight through every, must fight his inner fear and failure. Every single time he goes into battle. 
You know, you may feel partially prepared and partially you don't have a clue. Every warrior must fight that fear. And I have that fear. I, am, I admit it. I get afraid. When things are going bad, when something happens, when my wife's sick, I'm afraid. I can't help it. That's who, who I am. But I know I have a God that has it handled. I mean, how many times have we really thought that God wasn't going to show up? And how many times has he not shown up? Never. It is so important that we live that. Satan wants to bring up our past, our failures, and everything that has gone wrong, everything that we've done. But do you know these scars that we carry along? They're, bad, they're badges of victory. Every scar that we went through in our life that we came out on the other side is a victory that you can use to influence somebody else's life. I know what it's like to have an abusive father. I know what it's like to have an alcoholic mother. I know what it's like to have my teeth slapped through the side of my mouth for spilling Kool-Aid on a TV guide. But, see, I took that pain and I turned it into love for my children. You see me, my kids. They're my life. You have a choice. You can hang on to your past and you can let it influence your present. Or you can change it through God and use it as a victory. You know, my kids have a mom who loves them. My kids have somebody they know they can talk to. And I'll be honest, some nights I am too tired. But you know what? I make time. Because... It's important to them. My kids know that they can talk to their dad. My kids know if they do something stupid like stick a plastic Nerf gun through a wall, which I'm still working on how you manage that, but that if you tell me the truth, you're not going to get in trouble for it. You might get a little talking to. It found out they were wrestling and he fell, so it's really don't wrestle in near walls. I don't know really the corrective of that. You have two boys, they fight. Trust me. <laughs> but the difference is my dad would have beat the living you-know-what out of me over that. The, the, the thing is, guess what, kids? You're going to learn how to fix a wall. <laughs> Let's turn this into a learning experience. You're going to learn how to do drywall. But that's what's so important. We must fight our inner failures. We can't hang on to our past. You know? And we do that so much. We hang on to our failures. We forget the victories that we have. You know? You are a mighty warrior for God. Don't let Satan ever take that away from you. Don't let it be doubted. He chose you. He loved you enough to die for you. That's pretty amazing. And he would have done it if it was just you. That's how much God loves us. I mean, Jesus had fears. We forget that. When he was in the garden the day before he was crucified, the night before, he said, Lord, please take this cup. But he, in the end, he said, Lord, let your will be done. And that's what we have to be willing to do is trust the Lord. The outcome will always be great. You know, we already won. We're going to heaven. No matter what happens in this life, we know Jesus. We're going to heaven. My goal in life is to take anybody with me. I can. You know, everybody watch that movie, Hacksaw Ridge? Just one more. That's how we have to think. Yeah, I would love to bring 20 people a day to Christ. That would be awesome. But you know what? It's not going to happen every day. That's not going to happen. Every day, I do pray one more. I've, I've met two or three people in my life who have gone from point A to point B. And every day it's like, one more guy. That's, I mean, we get afraid of our, that we don't have the power to do what God has called us to do. But God wouldn't call you to do it unless he knows you have the power. And the power comes through him, not of ourselves. When I look at the man in the mirror, I really don't see anything special. But you know, when we all look in the mirror, God sees something very special. That's you. He loves you that much. I mean, I just still can't fathom it. There is a speaker, he was born a quadriplegic. And he, I was listening to one of his podcasts, and he's like, so many people, when they get to heaven, they're going to say, 
I want to ask God this. He needs to explain this to me. He says, I want to ask him one thing. Why did you love me so much? The guy has never walked in his entire life. He's a quadrupedal, been in a wheelchair. Yet he shows the love of Christ, and he's one of the happiest guys you want to meet. That's the way we need to be, because we know the victory that Christ has for us. And, uh, you know, like what Gideon does, you know, when God calls him, says this, he goes, Gideon replies, instead of saying, Lord, I'm full of faith, I'm ready for this battle, send me, I'll do what you need to do, I know I have the power. But he, he does what we all do, he does the but Lord. You know, you know he replies, you know, like a lot of us do before a battle. Gideon gives him his resume of failures. You know, and I do that to God every day. <laughs> I'm honest. I will always be honest. You know, God, I can't do this. Like I said, when I got called to be a pastor, I was looking in the back seat. Because I'm sure God was talking to somebody else. Because I'm like, you're talking to a guy that was so shy he could not give his final history book report. And I failed American history my senior year. I could not get up in front of the class. As you can see, I'm still shy. You know, God does a changes in you that you never realize until later in life. You know, but he replies with his resume, resume affair. He goes, let me give you the reasons why I'm not good enough, Lord. Here's my resume. But Lord, Gilliam replied, I can't rescue Israel. My clan is the weakest in, all, in the, the whole tribe of Messiah. And I am the least of my family. Lord, the Lord says, I have given you everything you need. Go in the strength you have. And Gideon replies, but Lord, I'm not good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, we are good enough through God. We are warriors, ambassadors. We are an example of Jesus Christ on earth that we, need, we have to be. We have to get over our fears. That is so important, you know. But Lord, I'm not good enough. It's so important that we remember that God, if he calls you, he's equipped you. You know, he leads you to do something. How many times here has God prompted you to do something and you check it out? I have. Many times. You know, and it's, we miss out on an opportunity. We really do. But God loves us so much, he's going to give us another opportunity. God already seen them. He's omnipresent. He already knew you are going to botch that one. But he still called you to it. It's a growing experience. Not every time you, get, you try to do something, it's going to work out. But nine times out of ten, the reason it didn't work out is you didn't trust God enough to do it. And you didn't trust in him. Or you, you relied on your own words and not his. You know, we're not perfect. We never will be. You know, what if he asks you a question, you know, when you're trying to witness? What if he asks you a question you don't know? Be wise. I don't know. Let me look into that. Or, you know, that's a good question. I really don't have an answer for you right now, but I'll get you one. Talk to somebody else who is more spiritually sound, that has studied more, or ask their input. You know, we don't have all the answers, but God does. And that is something so important. But Lord, what is it don't work? What if I, what I'm trying to do don't work out? Like I was trying to be a pastor in North Carolina. It didn't work out, but it sure worked out here. You know, we have to trust God. We have to defeat that inner coward. But Lord, what if I try and it doesn't work? What if I don't have enough? You have everything you need in Christ. We have enough. We have plenty. We have extra. And that is Jesus Christ. You know, what if I fall short? We fall short every day. <laughs> we fall down every day. The important thing is we get back up. And we have a God that's got the hand that reaches down and does that. When we fall flat on our face, when we make a big mistake... We don't have a mocking God that tells you, you know what, you are just special sauce. No, he reaches down and he picks you up and you move forward. You learn from your mistakes. Like the 
Nerf gun through the wall. We learn from that mistake. <laughs> you know, it's so important. You know, with God, you're going to be a witness. Not you might be. You're going to be a witness. Every one of us are a witness for Christ in our lives. Every one of us. Nobody is more special than anybody else with their story. We all have a story about how God changed our lives. You know, some people grew up in the church and it was just a natural flow. Some of us ran from the church for 20-some years. And we ran from God. But guess what? You can't run from God. You can't. You turn around and he's right there. <laughs> the, point, the important part is we turn around. That is the important part. You know, you're going to be different. You cannot meet Jesus Christ and, not remain, and remain the same. It is impossible. My favorite story, which we've all heard the guy speak, is Lee Strobel was an atheist. Went looking for God to prove Jesus wrong, that Jesus didn't exist. Spent two, three years of his life investigating this. When he sat down, he wrote on a sheet of paper like he did. He was originally a crime, uh, crime reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He lists on every case the reasons why and the reasons why not. You know what his outcome was after three years? It would take more faith to be an atheist than to believe in Jesus Christ. The truth is, if you go looking for God, you're going to find him. Because he's not lost. You're the one who's lost. And you're going to change. And it's an amazing change. You know, you're going to be set apart. You are a chosen child of God. And the coolest thing about being that is, the person who's not, still, he can be. We're all chosen. We're all loved by God. God doesn't want any one of us to go to hell. He doesn't. The hell, hell was made for the devil, not for us. And he has given us a way to share that. And it's called our stories, our scars, and the battles we have fought in our lives. But we've got to stop being afraid. You know, like fear is running rampant right now. Faith should be running rampant right now, not fear. You know, like I, so many people are like, everybody knows I study eschatology. I love eschatology. And one of the biggest questions I always get from my friends is like, who do you think the Antichrist is? Have you, you know, who do you, you know? I'm like, I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for Jesus because he's coming back. <laughs> I don't care who this person is. I don't care. I know if I start hearing rumors of the guy it might be, I know Jesus is right on the doorstep. That's who I'm looking up, not down. <laughs> you know, I read a story about, um, it, it was this school for kids with Down children, Down syndrome. And he was being interviewed by the reporter, and the reporter asked, this is asked, I think he goes to the reporter, he goes, you know what our biggest maintenance thing is here? He's like, what's that? He goes, cleaning the windows, because all the kids go to the windows and look for Jesus. We should be like that. You know, I see a beautiful sky some morning, I'm looking, because I want to hear that trumpet. <laughs> you know, my favorite thing is, I, I wish I could just hear the news the next day. I want to hear how they're going to explain this. I want to hear the lie factory. <laughs> You know, I want to leave a note in my Bible. Told you. <laughs> That's the only I told you so I ever want ministry. <laughs> but, like I said, it's so important. You know, and the women, our, fa our families who we fight for are so important. But we always have to make the ones we love feel important. To know they're cherished. And even men and women, our victories always end at midnight. You know, it's, you know, what day we had, what happened. You know, every person in your life needs to know they're cherished. And it's so important and loved. Like I talked about last week, you know, it's not the dozen roses that you bring home, it's the one rose. The other 12, 11 are for show. It's the one rose, it's the one hug, it's the five minutes when you're exhausted and all you want to do is get in a shower that you spend with your children. You know, the most important thing that my wife, Michelle, can say to this hesitant warrior is you got this. I'm proud of you. 
the most life-changing words that woman has ever said to me was, what's stopping you? When I came home and I told her I wanted to be a pastor, I expected her to laugh. I expected her to say, you remember when you did this, this, this? No, she said, what's stopping you? And what was stopping me was my inner coward, my inner fear. That woman deserves to know she's cherished. Your, your spouses know they are special. Because I'll be honest with you, I can't fight my fights with what's going on without knowing that the person that I love is supporting me. Because what they think of you kind of influences you. You know, like I said, the most important thing my wife ever said to me was, what's stopping you? And I'm going to ask yourself, what's stopping you from doing what God's calling you to do? What's stopping you? Only you. God's equipped you. He's given you the power. And he's called you. You have a kingdom advance. You have someone to protect. You have a battle to win. Like I said, those are the most special words that woman can ever say is, I believe in you. You know, when I come home and she's like, I watched you on TV. That was that was great. And I, I tell her, I tell everybody else, it wasn't me, it was him. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I will never take credit for what God, what I say when I speak up here. Because I just listen to the man upstairs. I want to ask yourself, what are you afraid of when God calls you to do something? What are you afraid of? You know, we have a life we can't hang on to. We have nothing on this planet that can be taken away from us that God isn't going to give us a hundred times in heaven. You know, I, I'll never forget these, one of my friends who's kind of a... Well, he's no longer one of my friends. He's like, you know, and when he described heaven, the streets of gold and all that. He goes, that's all it's about is the money. I said, no, it's gold. It's not, it's, in heaven, it's so not important. They use it to pave the streets. <laughs> it's a building supply. It has no value. The only value is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Everything else does not matter up. You know, we're always afraid of failing, falling short, of not measuring up. We are provided with everything we need. It tells us in the Bible, in Christ you have everything you need to fight and win. You know, I'm sorry, my computer, I got ahead of my sermon. <laughs> and that's my point too. You have, in Christ, you have everything you need to win. Our Father loves us so much, he did not call us and just send us out and say, okay, you're on your own, good luck. He's equipped us. He's given us everything we need to fight. Every word of the statement is so important. Not of your own power, but of his. You have the power. You will be in trouble times, in trouble at all times, but God has given you the time. He told us, he told his disciples, in this world you will have troubles. He didn't say it's going to be an easy walk. Every day is going to be full of roses and sunshines and money rabbits. He says, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But take heart, I've overcome the world. In other words, he's saying to his guys, he goes, I got this. I got your back. I don't know, if I got Jesus got my back, I ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> you know? It's like having the rock as your bodyguard, you know? <laughs> you're not going to be afraid of anything. God loves us so much. You know, you have enough strength in Christ. You have enough power in Christ. You have enough faith in Christ, in him. When you have faith, you have the power. You also, he's given us the spiritual armor. Because we don't fight against the powers of this world. We fight against the darkness of this world. And we don't fight with real weapons. We fight with the helmet of salvation. That nobody can strip away out of your hands. If you're in Christ... Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and no one can blot it out. That gives you a lot of power right there in the name of Jesus to give you what you need to fight the battles. You have the breastplate of righteousness. It's not your righteousness, but it's his righteousness. God, like I said, he equips us. He gives us everything. You know, you, you have the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. 
You know, he's sending us into battle pretty well armed, isn't he? He's not giving us a paper bag and saying good luck. You know, a cardboard shield. Remember when we were kids and the cardboard swords and everything? No, he's giving you the field, the shield of faith. That's pretty awesome. He also is giving you the sword of the Spirit, which is the living word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts to the marrow. He gives us that. He's equipping us for a battle. We have to get over our inner fear of being... He gives you the shoes of preparation of the gospel. In other words, you have to stand on the gospel, the word of God. You know, in the Romans, the, the sandals were so important, they actually cleated them so they could stand firmer when they were in battle. We have the sandals of the gospel. In other words, we stand on the word of God. He's given us the belt of truth, not our truth, his truth. You know, and we can pray in the spirit on all occasions. Go boldly before the throne of God where grace is given. God will hear your prayers and he will give you grace and mercy in all your times of needs. Ain't that cool? We have a God we can go before the throne with him in our prayers. Our prayers are so important. They keep the prayers of the saint in, in little bowls by his throne. That's how important our prayers are. Always pray. Pray first, not last. It's not the scenario where break, you know, when something bad happens, break glass and pray. Pray every day. Spend time with God. You want to know God, you got to know his word. Your Bible should not be the dustiest thing in your house. It should be the most used thing. You know, I, we put our Bibles on our phones and everything nowadays. I still like the old book. I like where I can circle. If I'm at work, that's different. I, can, I got my phone. I can read scripture on my lunch. You know, and stuff. Plus, I got greasy hands, so I don't want to touch my Bible. <laughs> but it's so important that we spend time with God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a mighty warrior. The problem is so often we're hesitant. We take our eyes off the power of God and put it on our problem. We spend so much time looking at the storm, we forget who's with us. You know, when we look at the storm every day, we're going to doubt, we're going to fear, we're going to be afraid. But when we look at the cross, we're reminded of who is with us and what he did for us. He, he conquered hell for us. That is awesome. I think awesome is the most word that's so overused in our society. Awesome is God. Awesome is the power of God. Awesome is the Holy Spirit. You know, ice cream, Sonny, that's cool. But it's not as awesome as God. That word to me in Scripture is so important. We live with an amazing God. And he loves us so much. He's equipped us. He's putting everything that we need to fight the battle that we need to face on us. The important thing is we got to put it on. It does us no good sitting in the closet. It does us no good sitting on the coffee table collecting dust. When you get up in the morning, you need to put your armor on. You need to pray. You need to start your day off with God before anything. That is so important. You have to, he has given you everything you need in Christ for any battle that we face. You know, you have enough strength in blank to break this addiction, to break this problem. You have enough discipline to stay faithful. God has given it to us. You know, it says in Scripture, there's no temptation that he has already given us the strength to, pass, to defeat. God... <laughs> Satan cannot tempt us more than what the faith can defeat. And you have enough faith because we know the truth. There is probably, there is nobody, is there anybody in this room that God has never protected them, never saved them, never been there for you? Nobody's raising their hands. How many people have God has changed their life, has strengthened them, has been there in the darkest moments? That's important to remember that. Satan wants us to forget that. Every time we face a new problem, he wants to forget that 99 times God has shown up. And he does show up. 
It may not be when you want him to, you, you know, because his timing's perfect. We're impatient. I want God to show that now. I want God to show up this minute. I want Jesus to come back this minute. You know, but it's in his timing, and his timing is perfect. It is so important. You know, like I keep saying, you are a mighty warrior in Christ. You have someone to protect the kingdom of advance and battles to win. The Lord said to Gideon, you, you have to... Okay, all right. First of all, you know, so many times in life, you know, we go into battle and there's a setback. You know, and what's so important to always remember that sometimes in battle, before the victory, there is a setback. You know, we often, with God, the way to move forward often starts with a step back. You know, when Gideon gets his army together back right before the battle. Back up here. Sorry for the awkward pause, but I went a little off track, so. <laughs> okay. Okay, when Gideon got his army together, you know, he's, he's ready. He's got 32,000 more warriors. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If you let all your Midianites fight the Midians, the Israelites will boast that the, that the Israelites won and saved themselves by their own strength. Tell the warriors to go, tell, tell the warriors that are afraid to go home. 22,000 leave and 10,000 stay. So here's Gideon's army. There, he just lost 22,000 warriors. And he's saying, I don't have enough here, Lord. This is a setback. What are you doing? Then he says, you still have too many warriors. So Gideon, in this first scripture, took the men down to the water. Then the Lord said, separate those who lap the water up with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of the men drank from a cup hand, lapping like a dog, the rest the rest of them got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, These 300 men who lapped the water up, I will save you and give you the Midianites into your hands. Let them go home. So Gideon sent home the rest of the Israelites home, but kept 300 who look, looked over uh, precision and the trumpets of the others. Now here's something that really I think is awesome. When this is one of my favorite verses of scripture, and the reason is a warrior would never get down where he could not see his environment and drink face down in the water. A true warrior would kneel and laugh up so he's observant of everything around him. So even in that verse of scripture, God knew exactly what he was doing. He picked the warriors. And that's the way we need to do. We can't put our face down and look in the ground and hope for the best. We need to be vigilant and look around. We need to know what's going on. We need to see where the enemy is coming from. If the enemy is trying to come in our house, we need to kick him out of our house. If he's coming after our family, we need to kick him out of our, away from our family. It is so important that we are observant of what's going on. It says, you know, be careful for the, the Satan is a, a lurking lion, you know, waiting to devour. We need to see when he's coming because he's sneaky. He'll find a way in if we're not watching. A true warrior is always being observant of what's going on. And that means getting in your kids' lives. Know what they're watching on TV. Know what they're doing. You can't just hide in the other room or watch TV and hope for the best. You need to know when your spouse is hurting. We can't be so caught up in everything going on that we do not understand what they're going through. It is so important that we are observant. And sometimes there's a setback, like I was talking about in point three. Sometimes there's a setback before the victory. Like I thought when I moved from here to North Carolina, I thought that was a knockback. Here I am at square one. I didn't even know what church to go to. 
It is so important to remember, God has the plan, he has the victory, we have to trust him. We will have setbacks in our lives. You know, nobody beats a bad habit in one day. I do have one friend who did it, but that's still... I, this is funny. I worked with this gentleman that was a drunk. He'd come to work plowed. He came to work the one day and he told me, I'm getting baptized. I'm like, the water going to boil? <laughs> but he got baptized. And a couple weeks ago, I mean, a week went by, he says, I'm stopping drinking today. Now, we're talking to a guy that had a wall of Crown Royal bottles in his bar. Just stacked up. He kept them. He still has them there. He told me, I'm stopped drinking today. It's been 10 years. He's never touched a drink. God can change anything if we have the faith to trust him. You know, sometimes we're going to slip and fall. Sometimes we're going to fall into an addiction. We're going to fall. We're going to not have, we're going to fall into fear and not trust God. But the important thing is we get back up and we learn from it. You know, you can't change today. You can't change yesterday. Nothing you can do to change yesterday, but you sure can change tomorrow. I'm calling for warriors in this sermon series. We need to be the warriors God has called us to be, especially the way the world is going. We need to have the strength to share the gospel. We need to have the, the firm footing to stand on the rock of our salvation. People look at us. When you're a Christian, you are a goldfish in a bowl because people watch you. We are an aquarium. You know, it's in the tap on the glass. Because they want to see what happens. When you're going through the worst thing in life and you're praising God, it clicks something in their brain. They're like, how can you do that? It's because, you know, I had a friend ask me one time at work, he goes, how are you always so calm? I go, I pray a lot. And it's the truth. I cannot tell you how many caliber bolts or head bolts Jesus has helped me get in the hole. Because <laughs> I get to the point I start getting frustrated and this one starts, I'm like, God, please, come on today. <laughs> Help me. I mean, no prayer is too small for God. Now, I don't believe God gives you the perfect parking space at Walmart. I love those people. I was praying. Jesus just gave me to drop this spot right by the door. I'm like, okay. But I do believe Jesus helps us in our times of stress, our times of fear, our times of doubt. It's time to put your armor around and buckle up. It's going to get rough out there. But we have a God that's prepared us. He's equipped us. You know, we all have our inner coward. We all have our things that we fight and doubt. And it's okay, but it's not okay to give in to it. Like I always say, it's not okay. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. You know, we all have friends and family that don't know Jesus. Well, guess what? You are the ambassador. You are the example. You know? I love when... I get made fun of that I'm a Jesus freak. I'm like, you're right. You just tried to insult me, but you gave me a compliment. Thank you. I love Jesus. Everybody here love Jesus? Let's tell people that. Let's show people that. Let's not be afraid of what people think. I care about what two people think in my life. Well, three. Number one is God. Number two is my wife, and three is my children. That's important to me. If you want to think I'm a religious fanatic and I love Jesus and I'm crazy about well, that's okay, because I do. And you should too. You know, if people, when I'm afraid, when I'm doubting myself, turn I turn to God. I cannot lie to you. There's days that I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to fix this problem. I don't know. You know, I'm a fixer. I'm the type of person that I have to fix everything. There's things we can't fix, but there's nothing God can't fix. If you're fighting with an addiction, when you're fighting with a fear, when you're fighting with a doubt, when you're fighting with temptation, that's normal. The difference is we know Jesus and he will give us the strength to get us through it. And we can't screw up bad enough where God won't love us. You know, my kids make me mad. I never not love them. (laughs) I like to strangle them sometimes, but I never not love them. 
You know, our spouses, we fight with them. You got two people cap, capped in a little in a little house, 365 days a year. <laughs> Tensions are going to brew, but the difference is never go to bed angry, and always say, before you leave, say I love you, because you don't know what's going to happen out there. You don't know. And don't waste time if you are hinging on the door about accepting Jesus. You know, I always love the old sermons like, you could leave here and die. And I used to think, wow, that's just trying to pressure. But no, it's true. I've known people gone to bed and not woken up. Perfect health. My best friend went to pick me up. And I didn't get in the car with him because I didn't want to go. And he left the house and 25 minutes later he was hit and killed in the car wreck. The car I was supposed to be in. You never know. Don't waste time. Time is short. That's why Satan's ramping up his fun. Because he knows his time's short. And he knows who's coming back. And so do we. So in our life, stop looking for the devil and let's look up. Let's be the warrior we are called to be. Let's be who God has called us to be. Let's slap that inner coward in the face and move forward. Like I said, it's okay to be afraid. But it's not, not okay to be immobilized by it. You know, we have to fight through our fears every day. We all can do that because we know who's in charge. We know who won the battle. Like I said, we fight from victory, not for victory. We've read the last chapter of the book. We know who's coming back. We know we're going to be. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to be on earth for the millennial kingdom where Jesus Christ is going to be the ruler. That's pretty awesome. And can you imagine getting up in every morning and nothing hurting? I mean, I'm at the point I get up, I look like a baby deer in the morning. I mean, my legs got to start working. I got to hold the dresser. I'm like, what happened? But when we get to heaven, none of that is going to happen. We're going to have a new glorified body. We're going to hang. We're going to be able to go hug a lion. That's one of the first things I want to do. I want to go hug Aslan around the neck, you know? But... We have to be strong. We have to be courageous. All through the Bible it says what? Do not be afraid. And we got to stop being afraid. We have to kill our inner coward. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time to come together with you. Thank you for the, the, what you've prepared us for, that you are always there, that you've never sent us into a battle without the equipment we need to win it. Give us the strength to conquer our fears and doubts. Let us be who you called us to be. Let us be who you see in us. And if anybody's out there that are feeling you pulling on your heartstrings, let them come to you today. Let them take that leap to know you, Lord. I pray for the loss of this world. I pray for protection over everybody in this church, our families, our homes. And I pray that we become the leaders and the warriors you have called us to be. In your heavenly name I pray, amen.